0: And now, Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris I said, tell me how you're talking with your peers How are you experiencing this issue?
1: And they hipped me to something and a phrase that I had not heard before They said, they talked about climate anxiety Climate anxiety the, the, the emotional, the, the, the psychological, the mental toll that the knowledge about this crisis is taking on our young people.
0: This has been Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. Stu Does America.
2: With everything in our country falling apart, yes, there are still shows discussing the news of the day on at 8 p.m. Eastern go to blaze tv.com slash do help us push back against the rapid unscheduled disassembly of america use the promo code stew to save 10 bucks we welcome all the people that are checking us out normally who might be watching tucker carlson if you're watching on youtube like the video right this moment if you don't mind subscribe to the channel and hit the bell for notifications do all the things that's what you do when you're watching a youtube show dale hurd from cbn is going to be here with a terrifying look at the collapse of portland oregon disney has ratcheted up the fight with Ron DeSantis. we'll get into that. But we start by doing Tucker behind the scenes. I kind of want to check in on Tucker. Is everything okay? He's He left Fox News Channel. He was, uh, I mean, by all reports, fired. How's he feeling about this? Is he tortured? Is he living, a, is he huddled in some room, crying himself to sleep every night? Doesn't seem that way. Uh, Fox, or actually, the Daily Mail caught the Fox News head, uh, host outside um, and had him dra- they have like 100 pictures of him driving by in a golf cart. That's Florida life, man. That's what you need to do. We were talking about this last night, Florida life. I just want to be driving by people and laughing at them in a golf cart. Where, Where is my job where I get to work for like, he just signed in 2021. I get to work for one year and get paid for five years. Where is that job for me? Everyone else seems to get this job. Megyn Kelly got that job. Where is it for me? I want that job. I want a job in which I because I, I do a job and then I get paid for it. And what I want is a job that I don't have to do that. I get paid for it. This is not too much to ask, obviously. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, he was he was asked, hey, what are you going to do tonight? And his response was appetizers plus entree." And you just picture Tucker Carlson just rocking Applebee's in the middle with his wife. He says it's the first time he's been out to, uh, to dinner with his wife on a weeknight in about seven years. He seemed to be smiley and laughing. At, at one point, he was almost every picture we saw of Tucker Carlson was him laughing, like it was a combination of like the peak climax of a Chris Rock show and him watching his kid do something adorable. Something in between those two is what he looked like. He did not look like a man disturbed. Now, over at Fox News, maybe the news not quite as good. MSNBC beat Fox News in Tucker's time slot. That's not what you want. Cable news ratings, uh, according to Mediaite, the time slot saw a marked decline in viewership, 2.6 million total viewers, relative to the previous Monday's 3.2 million viewers. In the demo during primetime, this is the number they really care about there, 8 to 11 p.m., MSNBC eked out a ratings win, topping Fox News 247,000 to 245,000. Fox still led in overall viewers. I will say 247,000, which is the MSNBC, MSNBC number, would have been a number that we were kind of disappointed by when we were at CNN headline news. And when we were at Fox, we would have been, we, we would have like fired the whole staff if we hit 247,000. It's a whole new world apparently, uh, right now. Now, the it's interesting to see the fallout from this because I want to, you know, we kind of went through this process a little bit. It was, the circumstances were a little bit different, but we of course also left Fox News uh, several years ago. And I want to kind of take you through a little behind the scenes of what's that like. Uh, Right now, there's first of all, you get your enemies out there and your enemies are taking shots at you. They're you know dancing on your grave as soon as you're not on the air anymore. Uh, Michelle Goldberg in The New York Times, Tucker Carlson's great replacement. This is something that they're using all the time, accusing Tucker Carlson of of being a uh, proponent of great replacement theory, which, you know, is not true. I mean, you know, they'll try to take a couple quotes out of context of them. I don't think that is even close to true, but they say other Fox hosts have seen their relevance rapidly diminish after being deprived of the network's platform. Glenn Beck is still performing his 21st century John Birch Society routine at his company, Blaze Media, but he's speaking to a much smaller niche than he once did. Now, of course, this is like it shows sort of the prejudice against For example, talk radio, like they act as if talk radio doesn't exist. Now, of course, we had a talk radio show back when we were on Fox as well. Um, We have also since then added a podcast that, you know, tens of millions of downloads a month. You know, this idea that there's a small niche people out there watching and listening to Glenn Beck at this point is is kind of silly. But there is real value in this Fox News platform. More than anything else, it's not as much about the number of viewers you have, but it's a way that you sort of arrest the news cycle. Uh, When you're talking about something um, on Fox News Channel at eight o'clock. A lot of times it becomes the big story that everyone else starts talking about. We, of course, were on five o'clock, which had never really had any ratings at all at Fox News. But it was the same type of feel like you would talk about something and then you'd see a bunch of other hosts on the left talking about it. it. It was a different type of impact, even though the listeners and viewers are just as big, if not bigger, than they were even back in those days. Um, We go over to uh, Tucker Carlson's uh, exit, might not be as big a blow to Fox News as you think. And this is the type of analysis that comes out after a big host leaves. There's justification that goes on that, okay, everything will be okay. And look, generally speaking, if you pick solid host you can eventually get yourself back to a place uh, that uh, that you had before you can replace ratings but I mean it's a big turnover you lose loyal advertisers you lose loyal viewers for a time they might come back Um, and I will say and this is a story from what is it uh, yeah Newsweek and uh, I know again my producer pulls all these headlines and there's always these ads on the side and I don't know what he's been googling but if you zoom in Julia Roberts' daughter makes her red carpet debut. I don't know what he's been Googling to make the internets believe he wanted to see Julia Roberts' daughter. I don't know how old Julia Roberts' daughter is. Let's just root for a high number. That's just let's all get together and root for a high number. Uh, Here's what it says. While some conservative commentators such as Stu and Glenn Beck have deep. By the way, I like that phrasing of that. Uh, Such as Stu you know, I guess and also Glenn Beck. I will have to note, however, um, it's, it, I didn't say the thing that they actually have me quoted as here. So that's a whole other story. While some conservative commentators such as Stubergeer and Glenn Beck have deemed Tucker Carlson's departure from Fox News suicide for the network, I believe Glenn said something to that effect. I did not. I don't think it's suicide for the network, though I do think it will hurt and weaken the network. And I don't think that's a good thing. You know, Fox News Channel has been a real key part of the conservative movement uh, and a pushback against the left for a long time. Conservative uh, talk radio, Fox News Channel, uh, now into the digital era as well with podcasts and everything else. Without those pillars, you know, it's really hard. It's really hard to get conservative values even heard, let alone actually promoted and talked about honestly. Um, But they say um, uh, others believe the absence of the controversial host might actually benefit the company by attracting more lucrative advertising deals. This is something that's always tossed around. You know, really, when you look at the the bottom line of Fox News' business, you know, advertising is part of it. But it's not the main part of it. The main part of it is car- our carriage fees from the cable providers. Cable and satel- satellite providers pay Fox News Channel for the right to carry all of their channels. That's where the big cash comes in. And that negotiation is coming up. So I don't know. Maybe you'd say Comcast is you know, super focused on ESG and they don't want controversial hosts over at Fox. Maybe this will make them want to pay more. I don't know. I think also, though, you're going to see a lot of people leaving Fox News. And not to mention, they have a, a Fox Nation as well, uh, which is a, uh, a streaming subscription service that I don't know how many subscribers they have. But a lot of their programming attraction was Tucker Carlson and the shows he was doing there. So that's probably going to hurt them from that side as well. Now, look, I worked at both Fox News Channel and CNN. So, I mean, I've seen this. <laughs> I've seen two different. They're definitely totally different places to work that I can tell you. Um, Fox News Channel has sort of an entrepreneurial spirit to it. It is, you know, you kind of just get there's good things and bad things. You're kind of their offices. You are kind of just stuck in a basement. Uh, it's not the, these, gl- this glorious building that CNN uh, and its headquarters kind of is. There's good things and bad things. You know, there's there's really good things about the entrepreneurial spirit at Fox, and there's good things about CNN, too. Uh, in fact, I will tell you exactly the good thing about CNN, which was the freaking cafeteria, which was the best cafeteria I've ever had in my life. I would go back. I would turn into a liberal and go back to CNN right now just to get the, the for lunch. Like, that's how good the cafeteria was. But outside of that, it was a totally different place to work, a different energy, and I will say leaving is a totally different process as well. Let me kind of walk you through some of the things that are happening to Tucker Carlson and some of the things that are very similar to what we went through when we left. Now, Tucker, uh, by all reporting at this point, uh, was fired. He was told on Monday morning, you're not doing the show tonight. I will say we have not heard from Tucker Carlson yet. So I will, knowing the behind the scenes machinations of Fox News Channel, I would not uh, believe anything I read in the media until I actually hear Tucker Carlson's side of the story so we can kind of judge what's going on. Um, But I will say all the reporting so far said he was fired, as I've talked to you about many times. That was not the case with with Glenn, as they did offer him uh, an extension. Um, But what you get is a bunch of different things. First of all, your enemies come out in force, people you didn't like. Uh, you know, I saw I flipped on MSNBC yesterday mistakenly, and Eric Swalwell was on there talking about uh, Tucker Carlson because you know that he's going to try to come take his. Victory lap because no one, you know, people care about where Tucker goes. No one cares about where Eric Swalwell goes. So I, I assume he went out, had a bunch of drinks, farted a bunch of times, and hooked up with a Chinese spy. But after that, he went on MSNBC to kind of brag about uh, how excited he was that the guy who criticized him was no longer on the air. Politico has this good riddance. Pentagon officials cheer Tucker Carlson's ouster. Now, yes, we'll get into the content here of this article for a moment, but I must again call out my producer in the ads what was he googling to get these ads there we have a toe separator of some sort some sort of bondage red i don't know what that is maybe a spy tape recorder uh, some sort of device i don't know if it's a t-shirt gun or a heat ray and then a stuffed cat I, look he's weird and i don't i don't i don't understand what he's been googling but that's what that's the result is uh, the story though is about tucker people who didn't like Tucker Carlson when he was on the air because he was criticizing the DOD. They say now uh, this off record, of course, Uh, We're a better country without him bagging on our military every night in front of hundreds of thousands of people said one senior DOD official who like others interviewed for this story was granted anonymity to discuss a politically sensitive topic. Commenting on a cable news host you need anonymity for that come on good riddance said a second DOD official a brave DOD official who won't even name who they are when criticizing a host they don't like. Now one of the things that's key to understanding a departure from Fox News and every, just, this should season everything you're reading right now in the media too. understand what's going on here. Allegedly, what happens when you leave Fox News is that your enemies can come after you. They do their little victory lap. But oddly, the people you used to work with, some of them. Um, particularly in the PR department, tend to leak stories, allegedly, to the media, allegedly. And all of a sudden you see all these really bad rumors about you, and when you kind of inquire and push down with with your side of the media operation, you find out that it just came from Fox News PR, allegedly. Um, so if you remember, uh, if you've watched Succession at all, and you remember Hugo, Hugo's the PR guy. If you remember late in the season here what he was kind of, he was leaking some negative things about family members without giving you any spoilers. Um, and he was also, by the way, uh, in Short Circuit, the movie from uh, many, many years ago about the little robot. And, uh, I mean, I'm, that movie totally holds up. I mean, I, if you want to you talk about a movie that predicted AI, Short Circuit, Johnny Five. Okay, He was in that. Now he's in Succession. And that is the sort of role. He's playing that role, the role where... The person from the conservative network is leaking negative information about the family members to the media. That's kind of what happens. And we're starting to see this type of stuff now uh, in the press. Rolling Stone has this. Fox has a secret oppo file to keep Tucker Carlson in check, sources say. The only thing I will I will uh, disagree with on this headline is the secret part, because it is very well known in media circles that this is what. Certain individuals allegedly do over at Fox News Channel. You know, they kind of just like, they kind of want to ruin you going out the door. They don't. If you're if you're not going to be with me, you'll never be with anyone. It's one of those type of of situations. I will also note, uh, in case you were wondering about the hygiene of our producer, you zoom in on the ad. Gillette's intimate line. Here's why you need it. So now you know how hairy my producer is. Eight people familiar with the situation tell Rolling Stone, eight people, by the way, tell that Fox News and its communications department, long led by the notoriously aggressive Irina Berganti, had assembled damaging information about Carlson. One source with knowledge calls it an oppo file. Two sources add that Fox is prepared to disclose some of its contents if execs suspect that Carlson is coming after the network. In other words, these are through the media threats to Tucker Carlson, don't say bad things about us or we'll leak all these bad things about you, which of course may or may not actually exist. The file includes internal complaints regarding workplace conduct, There is a lawsuit going on here about that. Uh, You know, it's already been in the in the news uh, quite a bit. We'll see if there's anything to it. Disparaging comments about management and colleagues and allegations about the now former primetime host created a toxic work environment. Three of the sources say Megan Kelly brought up a really good point on this when she was on radio the other day that Tucker works from home. He's almost never actually in the office. He does his show at his house. So it's odd that he could actually create a toxic work environment. I guess it's possible. Was he constantly texting people? I mean, I don't know, but it doesn't seem like, you know, there's no evidence that he's the type of person who's in the office yelling at people all the time because he's not the type of person who's in the office all the time. He likes to do his thing at home. He writes his his monologues at home. He does his show at home most of the time. Um, Now, another part of this is Tucker Carlson, in a way, started to become too big for Fox News. And this has always been a complaint of people who work there and something that many media observers have looked at. Uh, Fox is the type of company, and this isn't necessarily a bad thing, but this is, goes back to the Roger Ailes era. They really, They really like company men. They want somebody who's going to come out and do their show and do it well and protect the shield and protect the brand and not really look to be Uh, their own person, to go out and do their own thing. And that doesn't mean the people, you know, of course, many people at Fox write books and they do other things, but they, the Fox News channel is really specific. And I remember this back when we were there, you need to make the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing in this case is us, Fox News channel. It's not about your thing. I remember Glenn, of course, talking uh, to management there at the time. And one of the you know, uh, sources of occasional tension there was they saw Glenn as an empire builder. They saw him as an entrepreneur. They saw him as a guy who wanted to build this gigantic thing, whether it was a big political movement or um, you know solving all these big issues or uh, building the blaze or you know or go, the radio show he was focused on. They wanted him focused on his TV show and Fox News channel. That's their right, by the way. I mean, they absolutely uh, have the right to say, look, We're paying you a lot of money. Um, You should come here and only think about this. But, you know, some people aren't like that. Some people want to branch out. Tucker does seem like the type of person who maybe not uh, is the type of person. I mean, he wants to do a show. He wants to do it well. He's not bashing other hosts. Uh, He's not bashing the company. He's just, but, you know, I don't know if he's the entrepreneurial type as much. We will see. He obviously built the Daily Caller, so he has that sort of background. But I don't know if he's that guy or not. I know that was a constant stress um, at at the network when Glenn was there. Um, And... They don't want you to become bigger than the network. And, and Tucker had sort of gotten to that point, even though he did it mostly on the air at Fox News Channel. There's a lot of hosts that get decent ratings at Fox News, but it seemed like Tucker was the one everyone was talking about all the time. If you remember back when we were at Fox News Channel, uh, we were, we did the big event in Washington, DC, 500,000 people on the mall. I mean, this is the type of event that you go crazy for one of your hosts to do on their own. You get all this free promotion. Everyone was talking about it. Every news show was covering it. Every news channel was covering the speech live except Fox news. We have 500,000 people gathered for one of their hosts and they barely even checked in to the speech. They didn't want that type of behavior. So that's the type of thing they're now leaking out to the media as well. Um, Another big one, and this one has been reported today with Tucker. It was definitely true with Glenn. They did not like a lot of God talk. They didn't want it to be, they didn't want Glenn talking about God. I mean, he told the story uh, again today where they actually brought him into the office and said, we told you not to say God anymore on the air. And now I think that was obviously the, you know, a lot of the people there were were were, uh, were followers and believers, but uh, they didn't want to discuss on the air. And they actually called out Glenn and told him how many times he had said it since last time they told him not to say it. And Glenn said, I'm just going to keep saying it. Um, that was Glenn. Um, they didn't like that aspect of it. And there's this report out today. Tucker Carlson's prayer talk may have led to Fox News ouster. That stuff freaks Rupert out. A new theory has emerged on the departure. According to the source, Fox Corp. Rupert Murdoch removed Carlson over remarks Carlson made during a speech at the Heritage Foundation's 50th anniversary gala on Friday night. Carlson laced his speech with religious overtones that even Murdoch found too extreme, the source who was briefed on Murdoch's decision making said. Carlson told the Heritage audience that the national politics had become uh, a a battle between good and evil. Um, Let me play you a clip of this. You tell me, is this so far over the line that you couldn't handle this at Fox News? Watch it.
1: It's completely obvious. And I think two things. One, we should say that and stop engaging in these totally fraudulent debates where we are using the terms that we used in 1991 when I started at Heritage as if maybe, you know, I could just win the debate if I marshaled more facts. I've tried that, doesn't work. And two, maybe we should all take just like 10 minutes a day to say a prayer about it. I'm serious, like why not? And I'm saying that to you, not as some kind of evangelist, I'm literally saying that to you as an Episcopalian. The Samaritans of our time. I'm coming to you from the most humble and lowly theological position you can. I'm literally an Episcopalian, okay? And even I have concluded, It might be worth taking just 10 minutes out of your busy schedule to say a prayer for the future. And I hope you will.
2: I mean, is that too much for you to handle? He didn't even say it on the air. He said it in a speech. I don't know. It's hard to know exactly what's true behind the scenes. We will learn more as Tucker Carlson starts to talk about this. Who knows what kind of legal restrictions he has. Uh, But I will say that so many of the things going on in the media as this story is being uh, reported are so similar and echo many of the things that we went through as we left Fox uh, many years ago. I don't know how much has changed. Some of the people that were there when we were there are still there. So maybe not that much has changed. Uh, We'll get into more of this here uh, as the week goes on. There's going to be a lot more news on Tucker Carlson. If you happen to be one of the people here who's joined uh, this broadcast, because, you know, Tucker's not on anymore, we welcome you. We love having you here. Until Tucker finds his uh, his next thing, Let's check this show out. We do appreciate it. We're going to go into um, an American city that has really just started to circle down the toilet. Uh, We'll go into that with Dale Hurd. He's from CBN. He went to Portland, Oregon. He has all the details. We'll talk to him about that next. You know, let's say you live in Portland, Oregon, and you're like, hey, um, I just got stabbed on the way walking to work from my house. You might want to move. And if you do want to move to a place that you're probably not going to get stabbed, come to Texas. We'd love to have you go to Florida, go to Arizona, go to Tennessee, go somewhere nice. Um, When you're doing that, you're going to need on both sides the best real estate agent you can handle. You're going to need a great one if you're selling a house in Portland. I don't know. I don't know if you have a magician on call, but you should try that. Uh, Portland uh, is a little bit of a difficult challenge, but no matter where you are. In America, you can get a great real estate agent with realestateagentsitrust.com. We talk about it all the time. Realestateagentsitrust.com. They find the best agents in every market. They do their homework. All you got to do is get in touch with them. They will hook you up with all the information and it'll be a nice, easy process. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com today to provide them with some basic info. They'll contact you and make an introduction to the preferred agent in your town. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Check it out today. realestateagentsitrust.com.
0: These are images and video from an army of citizen journalists in Portland who have been documenting a city in decline. Public drug abuse, addicts sprawled on the sidewalks or wandering the streets, tent encampments on many street corners and fires seen burning along the roadways. What used to be one of America's most beautiful and livable cities is being slowly destroyed by epidemic levels of crime, drug abuse, homelessness, and mental illness. One local is called Portland an open-air insane asylum.
2: Incredible footage. I'm happy to welcome Dale Hurd to the program. He's a senior reporter and international correspondent for CBN News. His news piece, you just saw some of it, is called Portland's Meltdown, and it's a progressive experiment that has gone colossally bad, and that is certainly true. You can find it on the CBN News YouTube page. You should check it out. Dale, welcome to the program.
0: Thank you, Stu. Good to be here.
2: I appreciate it. This was a really tough piece to watch, honestly. Uh, You know, you you watch this once beautiful city, even though it was always a little strange, a little weird. uh, Mm -hmm. It was a great city that people really did enjoy living in. And uh, you were there. It seems to be completely destroyed. Yeah,
0: and sometimes as a journalist, uh, a story doesn't live up to the hype, like when you get to the town, but Portland was as bad as I'd heard. The core is either Skid Row or it's like become an urban desert where there are a few businesses open, but just blocks and blocks of empty real estate as businesses flee the city.
2: It was incredible to see the footage you you were able to find and, and, and put together to the extent that, you know, you were able to find footage of people just doing hard drugs in public. It, was, it wasn't hard. <laughs> yeah, it was, well that's incredible, including in front of children. You have footage of, of people just doing drugs right. on trash cans as children play in the background. This is so okay. devastating.
0: And it was pla- I mean, it that it's because of legislation, Measure One Ten in Oregon, which um, decriminalized drug use and made it a meant a health issue. Except they're not addressing any health issues. It just continues to spiral out of control. Look, we roll into town and and. Almost every block was an addict or a crazy person waving their arms, yelling, uh, maybe with their shirt off in 40 degree weather. I mean, it, it really was unbelievable. And. You know, I I sometimes had thought drug legalization. You know, maybe that maybe that is a good idea, but Portland is not a poster child for that. I mean, it it you know, working it it just because it's attracted, it's become a mecca now for drug addicts around the country and as well as cartels.
2: Yeah, it really does seem like Portland's policies have. Operated as an incentive structure to bring people to the city to do drugs without consequences, to commit crimes without consequences, and to live on the streets. And as you point out in the piece, intense the city is providing.
0: Yes. And and something I I didn't get into in this story is that this is an ongoing revolution in Portland by Antifa. It's also happening in Seattle, San Francisco and some other cities in which they're they're trying to destroy the city. And And I'm not exaggerating. They're trying to this is a plan to destroy the city to show that capitalism has failed. And so they put up tents to attract the homeless. If you clean a park uh, and gather the trash, they'll come up and they'll throw the trash back out because they'll, they'll say, those are people's possessions. You shouldn't take those. They'll threaten business owners. I talked to business owners where several of their staff are threatened because they want the businesses to leave the city.
2: Mm, yeah, yeah, let's talk about the business owners here because I, I feel like a lot of times you think of these things going wrong. You think of the victims of the crimes, uh, you know, violent crimes in the streets. But you you realize that even people who maybe aren't victimized specifically by one of these crimes are victimized by what's going on around them. You can't run your business. We're seeing now in city after city that have done similar policies, companies moving out, Walgreens and Targets, just closing down, putting all of the merchandise in an entire target behind security glass. This is stuff that I never thought I would see in this country.
0: Right. and. As, as you said, Walmart has left Portland, REI. For some reason, Shake Shack moved into Portland a few weeks ago and has already been vandalized before its first day of business. So yeah, and, and as I say, this is a campaign by Antifa to run businesses out of the city.
2: Mm. Um, one of the things I thought was really uh, I, sad but yet still <laughs> inspirational uh, about your piece, what were how many community activists were there still trying to fight for the heart of the city. This is not a city that's given up, at least among the the population. These are people who are really trying to do something to save this city. And it feels like they have this impossible uphill battle.
0: Yes, and, and, and I mean I have to say the number is shrinking because they are they're you know they're pushing against the tide of of this progressive policy. Uh, you know the the new governor of Oregon, Tina Kotek, comes in and says, you know, it's a state of emergency. Well, they're not acting like it's an emergency. And as I said, with Measure 110, that decriminalized drug use, they're they're not helping these people. It, it's become sort of a, a drug carnival in Portland, and it's. These are and, and these are real people, I mean, obviously, but they're people's children, they're brothers and sisters, these people on the streets. We talked to one man who was given a ticket, a bus ticket by the city of Billings, Montana, and sent to Portland. I mean, people are just going there and they're, to end their lives in a sense.
2: Mm, it really is tough to watch. Let's talk about the policies that bring this uh, uh, about, because I think we're seeing this in a lot of cities right now. And, right. you know, Portland maybe is one of the most extreme. I think you mentioned Seattle, too, which in San Francisco, I think would be in that category. But we're seeing this in a bunch of cities where this sort of like rolling the dice on, you know, crazy progressive policies. Right. This idea that, hey, some, you know, some professor dreamed up this idea that doing these things will somehow work and make life better they roll the dice with people's lives. I mean, you're seeing these results. And I mean, I think this this is clearly a failure of these policies.
0: And this goes way back with Portland. You'll recall Ted Wheeler during the, the mayor, during the BLM riots, told the feds to get out of town. He didn't want them coming in and arresting people. And he said that right before he got tear gassed. But they're now trapped by their progressive policies. Um, what Portland needs and a number of these cities need, short of martial law, is a police crackdown. But they can't do that because policing is oppression and it's racist. And so I, I don't see a bottom for some of these cities because of that, because I don't I'm, I don't know how, what they're going to do.
2: What has changed in the past, let's say, you know, 30 years or so, Dale, because I, mean, I remember we were recently talking about the, the mid 90s crime bill, which kind of became controversial when Biden was running because he was supporting it uh, at the time. And we went back and we were covering part of that story. And what what was interesting to look back was that policy was largely born from people in the inner city who were dealing with crime and were begging for police to come in and help them to crack down on repeat criminals, uh, repeat offenders over and over and over again. And this tough on crime policy was instituted. It's now looked back at uh, by progressives as this catastrophe. But like that was the response of these cities years and years and years ago. The, The response today is the is totally the opposite and I don't know what to take because it is the citizens in these communities that are voting these politicians in and allowing these policies to go on
0: yeah and a lot and i have to say a lot of the politicians don't have to deal with the fallout from their policies uh in portland it's the district attorney mike schmidt they're doing a billboard campaign his opponents now and they call portland a schmidt show because he is the one who has said we're going to do smart policing and we're not you know we we don't need to arrest so much well one of every two police stops now is involves a stolen car because of that policy, because it's catch and release for car thieves, and so you're you may be held for 48 hours and then let go again. So we, for instance, visited a chop shop, one of many in Portland, where uh, you know they're cutting up
2: cars. Yeah, that was that was really fascinating. What what did, what is the motivation of people like the guy that you, you was at this chop shop? He he helps people. collect their stolen cars I mean is this just something that he just cares about the community and these people want to come out and I would say engage in somewhat risky behavior trying to uh, fight back against crime on their own because the police are nowhere to be found.
0: You know, he had that kind of persona, which, you know, um, kind of the great American persona of, of wanting to make a, a difference. And I will add that he, he shared with us he's just been given a contract for a reality show. <laughs> 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 I'd one watch one that. of the channels picks it up. So
2: Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely watch that. Um, last one for you here, Dale, because I watched like cities like Chicago, for example, who had Lori Lightfoot, had, a, you know, the, the community was in real strife. They, I think, correctly said, look, we don't want her anymore. We've seen where this goes. And they're given the opportunity to take someone who's you know, certainly much more liberal than me, but at least someone who cares a little bit about the crime problem. And he's up for, uh, in, in a race against a hardcore progressive who wants to do all the policies that Portland has done. And they select him. And I keep looking back at this and saying, I, I, I don't know that I can even feel bad for these communities because they keep making these same choices. How do you stop your heart from going cold on stuff like this?
0: You know, I, I have thought about this and I think some of these cities have to be completely hollowed out. Uh, in, in in the way Detroit was before they're like okay let's stop this nonsense because uh, as I said they're trapped by their policy they can't do the right thing what we know is the right thing because they believe it's the wrong thing
2: mm, it's so so discouraging to watch but it, it's a really important piece and uh, it's got you know multiple millions of views on YouTube it's mm-hmm. really really worth your time Dale Hurd he's a senior reporter and international correspondent for CBN news check it out at CBN News YouTube page and subscribe Uh, check out his video portland's meltdown a progressive experiment that has gone colossally bad we'll make sure to uh to link to it in all the social media dale thanks so much for coming on the program thank you Stu. really sad news to report um bernie sanders is not going to run in 2024 i know who are you going to vote for now Uh, You had you were all set to vote for Bernie Sanders and yet another time to root for 92 percent tax rates and uh, no guns and all the wonderful things he would bring to us. But no, Bernie Sanders is out. He uh, as soon as really I mean, he was waiting, obviously, to see if Biden would run. Uh, Biden uh, has, of course, said he now is running. So Bernie Sanders is out. Very, very sad. Uh, By the way, you might think, well, Joe Biden is in. Who's he going to have as his vice president? Certainly not that bumbling idiot. But yes, he is actually keeping Kamala Harris uh, on the ticket. If you notice in the, the uh, announcement video we played for you yesterday, Kamala heavily featured in this video. And there's a bit of an, uh, a realization that if Joe Biden is to win, there is no other answer in 2028 than Kamala Harris. They cannot kick her off the ticket without any something completely crazy going on, right? They can't take a black woman and, uh, you know, I don't know. She's got like, she's the first of like 900 different categories. I don't know what you'd actually call her, but a person of color, I suppose. Uh, You can't take her off the ticket and, and give it to what, Gavin Newsom, some white dude? You can't do that. Uh, So they are saying we better rehab her image and not just let her sort of flounder in the background. Um, Now there's a a new scoop inside Biden's strategy to repair Harris's image. Everyone realizes that she has a bad image. Of course, this image is a a function of her abilities. So unless they, you know, they uh, frontal lobotomy, I I don't know. I don't know how you'd exactly repair uh, her image, but She just will continue to blather on. What they're trying to do is they're getting image consultants to get in there, political consultants to try to reverse this. There's been a back and forth where they assigned her a bunch of gigs that she couldn't do, so she failed at them, things like fixing the border and all of this stuff that she never was going to be, I mean, most people wouldn't be capable of fixing, certainly not her. She did a really bad job. People had lost faith in her, and now she's just sort of a joke that talks about school buses every day. So it's been a rough road. There's been some back and forth. There were some leakages to the media. Uh, from pe- people inside the Biden administration. They're denying that. Lots of intense meetings. They've now made up. They've hugged. They've kissed. They've uh, made out or whatever they do. And now uh, they're trying to rehab her image. Good luck with that. Should go pretty well. Uh, again, they need a magician on staff. If they just had a magician on staff, then maybe they could pull off all the things they want to do. Finally, uh, in the Rep- on the Republican side, We have an interesting story. This back and forth with Disney and and DeSantis is fascinating. And let me take myself out of caring for a moment about the actual content of this. You know, of course I care. You know, Disney is an institution. I think it's an important institution. I wish it wasn't being destroyed. Uh, I don't like the things that they do. We've talked about that a million times. But let me suck that out of this for a second and go straight to the politics. If Ron DeSantis wants to become president of the United States, he can't leave this as a loss. This, this whole Disney thing is too central to who he is and his argument for being president. His argument, for, I mean, look, if you want someone who's going to fight with the media or fight with companies, Donald Trump can do that already. And he was already president of the United States and he's already winning. So what is Ron DeSantis, what's the argument for DeSantis winning? The argument is competency. The argument is Donald Trump yells at everybody, but he can't get stuff done. Ron DeSantis gets stuff done. He wins these battles. He actually gets real policies put in place. It's not just about the media fighting for him, although he'll he'll certainly engage in that, but he can actually get things done. This situation, which felt really good before the last election, has now sort of turned around into a little bit of an anchor on him in that You know, Disney is just there. They're pulling all their tricks. He's coming back at them. And now he's focused on this debate, this back and forth. And if he is not seen as the victor here politically, it really is going to drain on him. And Trump is going to have all sorts of fun going after DeSantis on this issue. He needs to find out a way to win. The latest development is Disney has now sued DeSantis over control of its Florida resort, which indicates a long timeline on uh, on an ending to this story. That's not a good thing for DeSantis. He needs to be seen as winning this uh, so he can make his core argument to the people. He'll obviously come up with an argument and we will see if it works, but this might be a a real anchor on him as he goes into the primary. We'll, We'll follow all the details as they come out. If I were to tell you I have a story about Steven Spielberg talking about how he's editing stuff out of his old movies because it's offensive and scary and a product of another time, I might not be able to get through that description without you starting a giant eye roll. Oh, gosh, here we go again with this progressive nonsense. We know Steven Spielberg's no conservative. Oh, gosh, what are they doing? Shockingly, the answer is the exact opposite of what you're thinking. Steven Spielberg uh, said he, at one point, edited guns out of E.T., changed them into walkie talkies. And he's now saying that was a mistake. He says, I never should have done that. E.T. is a product of its era. No film should be revised based on the lenses we now are, either voluntarily or being forced to peer through. E.T. was a film that I was sensitive to, the fact that federal agents were approaching kids with firearms exposed, and I thought I would change the guns into walkie-talkies. Years went by, and I changed my own views. I should have never messed with the archives of my own work, and I don't recommend anyone do that. So this isn't just like, hey, I made that mistake, and I'm kind of like, I regret it. It's he's saying, never revise He's taking a sensible view. When a movie comes out, when a piece of art comes out, you don't edit it later on. Considering the context of all these books that are being edited and people going back and changing things from the past, this is significant, and it's the fir- you'd think it's good, but the bad news is, of course, this is the first step for Steven Spielberg into a long collapse into uh, Enemy. Uh, he will start here, then he will start getting, someone will leak some na- nasty rumors about like a Me Too incident, uh, then he will uh, no longer be able to make any movies, and eventually, I don't know, he ends up a- as a host at Blaze TV or something. That's unfortunately, well, we welcome you here, Steven. We'd love to see some of your movies here as part of the Blaze long after your deep cancellation. So many new viewers and listeners to the show and the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate it. You can review the podcast. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. You should know that if you're just joining us. However, uh, this one comes in review. Not sure what's crazier this stupid show or the thought that it might help maintain my sanity. If this thing is. Helping you become more sane, you have real personal problems. On YouTube, follow the show. Click like. Drop an algorithmic engagement comment below. This one comes in. Congratulations on getting 700 episodes, Stu. Can't wait to see what the next 700 episodes will be like. I guess we had a guy on from CBN today. We had our own 700 club yesterday. I mean, it's all coming together. The best conservative talk show on right now, on The Blaze, hosted by Stu. freaking stars thank you so much truth is i left fox in 2020 and only returned partially for tucker now there's nothing i have free time to try other shows not alone i can tell you you are definitely not alone we're seeing the bump in viewership and listenership here we appreciate you and welcome you follow the show stick around it's a lot of fun